I'm Daria Rose, and this is The Foodist Podcast, where real people use real food to get healthy and lose weight without dieting. Hello, everyone. Welcome to The Foodist Podcast. I'm your host, Daria Rose, and I have a very sexy voice today because I have a cold. (laughs) Um, Today, I am coaching Libby, and I think that's a very important episode because we get to something that people almost never talk about. And I think it, I love talking about things that people don't like to talk about because they're uncomfortable to talk about. And it's a really subtle point. And I think it's cool to talk about something like this in a forum like this with somebody who is right in the middle of the issue. And what that is, is the back and forth give and take between wanting to be healthy wanting to love yourself for who you are, you know, not disliking yourself because of your body, not disliking your body, not wishing you were different than you are and being comfortable in your own skin. I think we can all agree that that is a wonderful and beautiful goal, but it can sometimes come. And I I talk to a lot of, a lot of people who are recovering dieters or people who still actually need to lose weight for health reasons. And that you come up against this issue is like, well, how can I want to be better? How can I want to lose weight? How can I even want to maybe even look, maybe there's some vanity reasons. Like, can I even look better in my jeans? Is that a form of like not loving myself? Is that bad? Am I, where's the line there? And that is what we get at in this episode. So, so Libby is, she's pretty healthy. Like she's done a great job with her health style, but she is still wondering if it's possible to maybe look a little better in her clothes. She maybe wants to, she said she's, you know, worked on this. She wants to lose another five pounds. That's not a lot of weight, you know? And I think a lot of people would say, what are you doing lady? Just be happy with who you are, accept your body for how it is. You're beautiful. You're already perfect. And, and I, like I said, I think that's a, there's a wonderful message there and that's, not to look down upon, but what, but she already feels that way. She already feels comfortable with who she is. She already, she, this is not about self-worth, but she, you know, she thinks that there might be some polishing to do around the edges. And that's sort of the metaphor that we end up using in this episode is, can you still polish and not make it about not loving yourself enough? And this is a really interesting point, right? Cause it's, it's, there's some subtleties, there's some psychological subtleties. So I talk about that with Libby, uh, I would love to hear your opinion. If you've got if you've got something to say, go to Summer Tomato. Leave your your thoughts in the comments, and then we sort of do get past that a little bit. We say, okay, let's take for granted that you're in a good place already, and we can. There's still some polishing you can do, and then we talk about some practical techniques and strategies you can use to achieve those goals. So it's really interesting. It's really subtle, and I think there's a lot. I think there's a conversation to be had here. So I'd love to hear what you think and love to hear what you say. So thank you and enjoy. Hey, Libby, welcome to the show. Hi, thanks so much for having me. Why don't you start by giving me an idea of what's going on? Okay, so I want to give you a little bit of background about kind of how I came to Summer Tomato and Foodist and a little bit about my sort of like diet history and um, what I never would have called a health style before I uh, started reading your stuff. Um, So maybe eight or nine years ago, I wanted to lose some weight. And so I decided to try Weight Watchers. And um, for the most part, it worked. I lost maybe 20 pounds and maybe it's like three pant sizes or something like that over the course of eight or nine months. And so I felt really good and confident and sexy and, um, you know, was happy with how clothes fit. And like, I actually like to go clothing shopping, <laughs> um, which was rare for me. Uh, and so that was good. And I rocked that for a little while. And then I started a PhD program. And you know how that is. And <laughs> <laughs> I do. <laughs> Not the healthiest environment. Really? No. I mean, and I was lucky to have a lot of supportive people around me. I met my husband in my PhD program. So, you know, a lot of good came out of it. Uh, but, um, you know, I did the dissertation thing and the job thing. And I, you know, the job hunt, I got a job in another state. And then I got another job in another state. And then we got married. And now I'm on the tenure track. And it's just life got crazy. And long story short, I gained weight back. All of it? Not all of it, about half of it, maybe 10 pounds or so. 
So I got up to this point, um, maybe last winter. So, you know, maybe seven or eight months ago. And I was just like, I'm tired of this. So I've gone back and forth with Weight Watchers over the years, just to, if I, you know, went up maybe a pound or two, I'd kind of, you know, refocus on, on their point system and lose the weight. And this time I had more to, to lose. Um, you know, I'd gained back more than I had in the past. So I tried it and it just wasn't working for me. Like it, like I tried for a couple of months and nothing clicked. And I was like, mm. you know, I just, I'm kind of tired of this. Like I'm kind of tired of worrying about points and worrying about going out to eat because I don't know how many points something is. And, and I wasn't, I was eating relatively healthfully. I mean, I, I've always eaten a lot of vegetables and, um, you know, I've had a lot of beans in my diet. I'm a vegetarian. So I, you know, seek out like, you know, chickpeas a lot and you know things like that. Okay. But I, it just wasn't losing the weight. And I was also tired of like relying on not real food, basically. Like mm-hmm. I felt like, you know, oh, if I'm going to have a treat at night, you know, which was almost every night, like, oh, Weight Watchers ice cream. And then I wouldn't be satisfied. So I'd want another one. And it was just like, I knew it just wasn't the most healthful way of living. So that in conjunction with not losing weight really um, made me seek out other sources. So I thought, well, maybe I should meet with a dietitian, you know, and get some background information. And that was sort of helpful. This was back in uh, maybe um, in the spring, so maybe in May or so. And she gave me information, things like you should eat five to six servings of whole grains a day. And whoa, yeah. And I was like, that was like amounts like three cups of rice. And I was like, I just don't really want to do that. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Um, I found it a little overwhelming. And then I realized all the stuff she had given me um, was like directly from the USDA, my plate, you know, their whole agenda, like what the average human should eat, you know, and I was like, why? I just don't, (laughs) I don't feel like that is necessarily the right thing for everybody, you know? And so I I just didn't really trust it very much. So I just basically was just poking around on the internet, like, what can I find? So I found your site and I signed up for the welcome kit. And I started to read your the chapter that you sent along with it from Foodist. And I was mm-hmm. like, oh, my God, she's talking to me. <laughs> like, you, I was like everything except for my name. You know, <laughs> I was like, oh, this is me. This is exactly it. So this is the myth of willpower chapter. Yes, yes absolutely. And I, I mean, because I find, you know, I've always found in the past, like, for example, if I knew I was going to go out to eat with friends, I would just say, well, screw the whole day. I'm just going to eat whatever I want all day, you know, oh, the what because, the hell effect. Oh, what the hell? Right. And, and I felt terrible when I did it. And after I did it and, you know, and because I think it was what I had been eating was so stringent, you know, it was so strict on myself with, you know, what I could eat and when I could eat it. And it was just, it was a really bad mindset to be so, in. So that so. would backfire and you would end up overeating when you let your guard down. Hundred percent, every single time, yeah, like w- without fail. Okay. Um. So I got your book and I read through it and I was like, yeah, you know, in the past I've played around with like trying to eat more real food, you know, and like you know for a week or two, and I was like, I'm gonna do it. Like, what's you know what do I what do I have to lose by like you know cutting out sugar, <laughs> you know processed sugar for my diet, right? Um, for a little while, and so I tried it and I and I realized that like. I had some, in some ways, some successes. Like I realized I very quickly started to have a lot more energy. Um, I have always had chronic headaches ever since I was like a teenager. And the doctors always say, oh, it's tension headaches. Just don't be so stressed out. (laughs) (laughs) Just don't worry about anything. And, (laughs) you know, you'll be fine. (laughs) Like in a cocoon and, you know, don't worry about life, Um, which, you know, is a little tough to do. So, Um, but anyway, I always had these headaches pretty much on a daily basis. And so I have taken a lot of ibuprofen over the years and things like that. And, you know, also knew that was not so healthy, but hadn't really focused as much on trying to get rid of that. And I realized a few weeks into, um, having a more healthful lifestyle, I, I did get a headache and I like reached for the ibuprofen. I was like, I don't remember the last time that I had to do this. Like I, I, I couldn't remember the last headache I had had. That's amazing. Yeah. It was incredible. And I was like, why didn't anybody ever tell me this? You know? Like, I hope so badly that there are people listening to this right now that, that ha- are, have wondered why they've suffered from chronic headaches and have never tried cutting out sugar. 
Yeah, sugar, and I cut out, like, you know, just processed stuff, wheat, you know, the, like, I, I just didn't, found that I didn't need it, and my body felt so much better. Like, I, I, like, have so much more energy now, you know, I still get headaches, but not nearly as much, like, two a week, maybe, as opposed to literally every single day. And can I ask you a question? When you say you cut out sugar, was it completely gone, or did you... Well, I cut out um, like processed sugar and things like that. Um, And if I want to add something sweet to like, like I have yogurt, you know, uh, like plain yogurt, we have a yogurt maker. So we rely on that thing. Um, So sometimes I'll put in like pure maple syrup, um, Mm -hmm. you know, or I'll eat dates if I want something sweet, like dates with a little bit of peanut butter that doesn't have sugar in it, you know, that Mm -hmm. kind of thing. So yeah. Does that answer your question? Yeah. Yeah. I just wanted to, um, I don't want to scare anybody who has headaches and likes sugar (laughs) (laughs) that you can never have it again. Um, Oftentimes with things like this, sometimes if you cut it out for a while and sort of wash out your system and sort of let it get back to normal. And then um, basically what that does is it gives your body a chance to cut down on inflammation, which is usually a large part of the underlying problem. Then sometimes you can add, you can add bits back and you can add natural sources back and you can add things and, and it doesn't necessarily, it's not as bad once you've sort of figured out the, the, the main reason behind the issue and, and, and go about adding it back sort of sanely. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess that's what it is. I felt like I, I wanted to, to not feel so beholden to having to have a, you know, a treat every single night that had sugar in it or even fake sugar, which I think made me feel even worse. Um, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. uh, like, you know, those frozen, you know, novelties you find in the grocery store. And so, yeah, I mean, you novelties know, all- indeed. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> I think that's actually how they label them in the group, which cracks me up in the grocery store frozen because it's like what is it really i don't know (laughs) it's just a novelty never existed in the history of nature yeah well yeah um i mean and you know i'll still like when if we go out and i have you know dessert or something like that i don't like wake up with a whopping headache the next day or anything like that so it's still in there you know but i just try not like in my habits at home i just try not to eat it you know when i'm developing habits. So, um, so that's been amazing and successful in a lot of ways. Um, but I haven't lost really like any weight, like maybe a pound in like three or four months. I mean, and that's the difference between like eating too much salt one day and being a little like bloated, you know? Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so I feel like I have about, you know, five or 10 pounds that I'd like to lose to get back down to where I was before, or even, and if the scale doesn't move, like, I don't care, it's more the pant size than anything, you know? (laughs) And so I feel like you talk in, in some of your writings about like an ideal weight or like a set point, like your, your body gets to this place where it feels happy and content and and you feel healthy in other ways. And I do, I've been working out, you know, I go to yoga a couple times a week. I do, I use a FitStar app, um, which I know you've had some connections with. Yeah. Um, awesome. Yeah. And I love it. And, you know, and so I feel good at physically, like I feel like I'm getting stronger and, and developing muscles and things like that. But I, like, I haven't been getting, losing weight. And I just feel kind of like my body's like, no, I'm good here. Like, this is where I want to stay. Um, I found my set point. What are you trying to do by losing more weight? You know, and, and I think because I'm still within what might be considered a, a healthy range, like I'm not, you know, a, a lot overweight, just a little bit that, you know, I, I feel like, and I'm five feet tall, you know, so like, I feel like that, like my body's like, no, hold on to it. You know, <laughs> we don't, I don't want to lose any more than that. So I kind of want your help, but I guess that's what I want your help with. Like, do I need to do anything to shake it up or, you know, I feel a little bit like stuck in this one place. I see. So you're, you're in an interesting position because you've had a lot of success um, and you've had, you have a lot of motivation to keep doing what you're doing. So it sounds like you, because you know, you've, you feel better, you have more energy, your headaches are mostly gone. Um, you're in a good place. Mm-hmm, absolutely. But, uh, but you still you know, you look at, maybe you probably have a pair of jeans in your closet you wish you could fit into better. <laughs> yeah, some, something like that, yeah. <laughs> and you're basing that on your, like, sort of first Weight Watchers experience, which was how long ago, remind me? Um, it was about eight or eight or so years ago, eight or nine years ago. Okay. And is that right? Is that, like, you were really, you felt good in your body at that time? I did. Yeah. And I felt good in, in like, you know, like I said, shopping was easy and I felt good in clothes, you know, and right now, like I was like, okay, well maybe I just need to go buy some new clothes, you know, (laughs) like to fit the body that I have. And I tried that and I still don't 
like it, you know, like I still don't like how I, I feel even in those clothes that do fit my body. You know, it's just like, I feel like there's a disconnect between how I think I look or how I think I should look and how I do look Mm -hmm. or how your body's feeling and how your brain feels like you should, your self-perception sort of feels like you should look. Yeah. You said, I think in a, in an article, I wrote it down, like I've written down your quotes in various places, um, <laughs> like on sticky notes. And you said, you can be confident in your self-worth and still see room for improvement. And that's kind of how I feel. Like, I'm like, I feel good. I feel strong, but it's not exactly where I want to be. You know, okay. I still want to do some more work. Uh, cool. Um, I think, you know, this is, this brings up a really interesting question, which I think is worth talking about. And, and I'd love to hear your insights on it as well. You know, a lot of people I'm sure listening to this would just think, oh, you just need to like accept yourself. Uh-huh. And and I definitely feel the like healthiness of that message, especially when you like you, you're like five pounds away from your mm-hmm. like, <laughs> like you clearly like it, like the aesthetic is like pretty small. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe it feels big to you, but in the big scheme of the world, like you're you're not having to accept something very, very uncomfortable. Right. But at the same time, uh, you have goals for yourself, you have standards from your, for yourself. And, you know, somebody might argue that, well, those are just societies imposed upon you that you mm-hmm. have sort of adopted as your own. And I'm curious wh- how you feel about that. Yeah, that's an interesting question. And I've actually thought about this a lot. Um, <laughs> I, uh, you know, and I think a lot about society, but even more so like fa- family, you know, um, and not to say that my family is unsupportive or anything like that. My family is, you know, proud of me and loves me no matter what. But, um, you know, I definitely have had many conversations with my parents about like moralizing food, you know, like that's bad food, that's good food. Or, um, you know, I I remember in sixth grade being like, oh, my thighs are so fat because I grew up hearing my mom say that about herself, you know? And so I I don't want to like put blame on them or anything like that. But I do know that there's, there's some of that in me for sure. Like I do know that I, I certainly have some like, oh, well, what will other people think? kind of things. You know what I mean? Like that's there. Um, so I've, that's why I've been trying to come back to like, how did I feel like mentally, physically, like how did I feel when I was at a smaller weight? Um, did I feel good because I, I thought other people looked at me and thought I looked good, you know, Mm -hmm. or did I genuinely feel good for myself? And I, I, I think back to how I felt and I, I think I did genuinely feel good. I mean, part of it is that I, you know, I feel like I worked hard or at the time it felt like I was working hard. Really. I think it was mostly like not eating a lot, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Um, and I remember going to bed at night and being like, Oh, I, I worked so hard today. Like I feel so hungry right now. That's wonderful. That means I'll lose weight. Um, but you know, so I, I feel like, I feel like it was internal and external, but when I, when I, when I boil it down, it's more like, I want to like how I look when I look in the mirror, when I, when I look at myself. You know, it's funny. It's like people really like to blame society and TV. And mm-hmm. and I think almost everyone I talk to, it comes from the family. Huh, interesting. And, um, and, and like you said, it's not coming like it's like they don't realize, uh, you know, they're not trying to be judgmental, but they can't help it. You know, maybe that is society. Maybe like that's society influencing them. But mm. that doesn't change. You know, that doesn't change like for you. You know, it feels different. Like, you know, I feel like when when you're talking about love and acceptance and like that sort of imagery or and, and security you get from your family, it's not the same as fitting in because you like have no self-worth. Right. And like fitting in with like society's images of beauty, you know, and it's tricky. And I just, I just want to point out, um, like, I don't think it's right for anybody to judge someone for wanting to look close to your ideal. You know, I don't, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. If, um, you know, and I try to, it's a, it's a very, it's a tight rope to walk. And, and I'm glad we, we're bringing it up because, you know, it's tricky. And I think, I think it's people are quick to judge that, you know, oh, well, you're just like conforming <laughs> to society and you don't <laughs> yeah. love yourself and that's not healthy. But it's like, I don't know. Like we can all try to be better at things we do and we can all, um, you know, not that that doesn't require self-reflection. And I think that's a really important point. And, and like you said earlier, you're content with how you are now. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a big thing. As long as you're not like hating yourself now and like feeling like you're not worthy now, um, wanting to, you know, optimize, let's say, um, for whatever it is that you feel is important. I think that's fine. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, you're welcome. Because I, I know a lot of people who, um, 
you know, I talk to a lot of people who, when they go through this process of starting to become a foodist and want to take care of their bodies and sometimes for the first time in their lives, rather than beating themselves up for not looking a certain way, um, this, this struggle often comes up because they're like, well, I want to love myself. Do I know how to, can I, is it possible to like try to be better and love myself at the same time? Mm -hmm. Like, is is that, am I rejecting myself if I still want to be better? And it's, it can be, um, it can drive you crazy (laughs) (laughs) because like it can get very circular, but I think the key point is is acceptance, Mm -hmm. acceptance in the moment, which is not to necessarily say there's not room for improvement. It just means you're not fighting with it. Right. Like, I feel like that comes out, um, like we went out with friends this weekend. Uh, and, and, and again, I still have some lingering issues with like going out to eat, you know, and, 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 oh, I go out to eat and I was so bad. I shouldn't have eaten this. I was bad food, you know, and I think that's from my, you know, (laughs) from my childhood and that kind of thing. Like, oh, you shouldn't, you know, get a burger and fries, you know, or in my case, veggie burger. Um, but, uh, I feel like that I've done, I've been trying to do a lot of work in letting go of that. Like, okay, I still am happy with myself if I go out and have some, you know, have a couple of drinks and some food, you know, that, it, and I enjoy the company that I'm with. And I try, I try not to judge myself right. in that way, you know, and I, I feel like part of that is the, the same kind of letting go of like, you know, feeling that guilt or that shame and that self-acceptance, like, okay, I accept that I live a life, you know, and I'm a real person. And, you know, there are certain things that I do that I'm going to be cool with, you know, and I'm, and so I'm trying to move past some of those things for sure. Perfect. Awesome. So yeah, so I think um, in your case, you're coming at this from a very healthy psychological place. Mm-hmm. And that's great. Um, so uh, but you know, but you know, keep it is worth being conti- vigilant on that front. Because like mm-hmm. you said, um, it, that stuff, it, it, it runs deep. You know, mm-hmm. when, when your parents, when you're in sixth grade and not wanting big thighs, like, <laughs> You know what I mean? Like that. Yeah. So, so because I would, I would, I would encourage you to continue being vigilant on that front. Um, but at the same time, I'm, I'm more than happy to talk to you about uh, optimizing <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and set point and what that actually all means. Cool. When you were doing the Weight Watchers successfully, mm-hmm. that involved restricting calories, presumably like the point thing. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't have any, it's some kind of crazy algorithm that they use that's, you know, in a block black box somewhere, but it's, it now it's changed over the years, the way they do it. But yeah, it's basically like macros, you yeah. know, I'm curious, what, I'm curious what worked for you, how, like why it worked. Yeah. I, well, again, that's really hard to answer because, um, I counted the points and the points worked and I don't know how you actually calculate a point other than just putting, plugging numbers into the calculator. And it tells you, you get this many points a day. And once you've eaten them, you're done. Um, one of the things that I remember being successful at was that's really when I started to incorporate a lot more vegetables, um, into my life (laughs) that, you know, I had eaten them before, but only, you know, like not on a daily basis. Um, and I wasn't afraid of them or anything, but, um, so it helped me be successful with that. And, uh, but I don't really, at the time, I didn't really know anything about counting calories or how many calories I should eat. Um, I see. Do you feel like you were eating less in overall than you were eating prior to starting? Um, yes, definitely. And do you feel like you're eating less then than you are now? Uh, I do feel like that. Yes. I mean, you mentioned before that you sometimes went to bed feeling like you were still hungry. Yeah. Was that uncomfortable for you? Like how, how did that part feel? Um, well, I remember wanting to go to bed early when I was hungry. Cause it was like, well, the sooner I go to bed, the sooner I can wake up and eat breakfast. Um, <laughs> but at the same time felt like, oh, well, if I'm hungry, I must be doing something right because losing weight is all about like <laughs> well, starving yourself. Right. Or like, you know, figuring out exactly how much, how many calories, how much food your body needs and eating less than that. And I feel like I'm kind of still hung up on that a little bit. Like I still am counting my calories and, you know, aiming for a certain number. Um, that's like lingering from that meeting with that dietitian, you know, that I went to a few months ago. Oh, interesting. Um, so you are, yeah. you are currently counting calories. 
Yeah, I, I am, you know, within a range, you know, I, I try to eat between like 1200 and 1300 calories a day. Um, but knowing that some days if I exercise a lot, I need to eat more than that, you know, so still within that range, though. Mm. But now you're not, uh, you don't feel hunger very often, or you do? Not very often. No, I mean, and I, I think um, one of the lessons that I learned, I think this was in Foodist, where you talk about like, if you're eating meals that fill you up enough that are satisfying enough in, you know, both physically and emotionally, um, you shouldn't really have to snack a lot. And I, I still have a couple of snacks a day, like maybe one um, between breakfast and lunch. If I like if I worked out, especially, uh, you know, I might have like a hard boiled egg or something like that. Mm -hmm. um, and then in the evening, um, sometimes I'll have a snack, like usually I'll have yogurt in the evening before, you know, like an hour or two before I go to bed. But uh, so overall, I, I feel satiated, like I don't feel like if I do find myself feeling hungry, I will go grab something else and then just try to refigure like, okay, well, the reason I'm hungry this afternoon is because I actually had a smaller lunch than I usually do or smaller than what I've been used to eating recently. So I try to, you know, move things around accordingly. Okay. So you generally you're you're pretty satisfied with your overall quantity of food you're eating. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. okay. And do you ever feel like you overeat? Not really. I mean, it, on the occasion that I actually like that we go out or something like that, sometimes I, I kind of lose track of my mindfulness a little bit. And like, like, why did I eat all of those fries instead of just a two or three, you know, mm -hmm. um, but usually not at home. No, I don't ever feel like, like have like full, like uncomfortably full. Okay. So that would be like, cause that's something that sometimes comes up sometimes when people are still counting calories, uh, or still trying to lose weight sort of like in the back of their minds and they can subconsciously trigger overeating patterns once a week or mm. every two weeks or something like that. They can actually undo a lot, but it doesn't sound like you're really doing that. So, no, not really. Okay. No. And would you say that you eat on a fairly regular schedule? Like what is your like daytime to nighttime schedule look like? Definitely pretty routine. Um, I mean, I, I'm an assistant professor, so on days I teach, my schedule is a little bit different. Um, but I am only in the classroom two days a week, so the other days I'm either home or on campus. You know, working either from home or on campus, um, and so I can. I, I usually have a pretty standard schedule. Um, you know, breakfast between six and seven. 6.30 and 7, depending on when I get up. Uh, sometimes a snack in the morning after working out, lunch right around noon. Um, my husband makes fun of me because I like to eat dinner right around 5 o'clock. <laughs> I'm like, that's just... That's great. That's the routine I'm in, you know? That's great. It works, yeah. That's already super optimized. And do you sleep well? I do, yeah, usually. Um, sometimes I, you know, might have a, a not very restful night if it's like, you know, if I'm thinking about something I have to teach the next day that's, you know, on my mind. But for the most part, I, I go to bed pretty early. And, you know, I, I like to go to bed, you know, at a very maybe um, unreasonable to some hour <laughs> between like nine and 10. Um, and then I usually get up between five and six. And you sound like a rock star to me. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Well, you know, it's I mean, and one of the things that I really liked about Foodist and, and Summer Tomatoes that you talk about habits, right, and developing these habits. And I realized I already have some habits, you know, like I already like I've always liked to, you know, get up between a certain time and a certain time and go to bed between a certain, you know, and, and like so I I think habits, you know, building in habits like really does help kind of keep you sane. So, <laughs> yeah, that's really good. And it's really powerful. And um yeah, no, no, I think I think that's really awesome. And it's hard for a lot of people to do. But actually, now that you mentioned it, I remember like when I was in academics, I had a pretty awesome schedule, too. <laughs> yeah, it's not, I mean, yeah, it's not so bad. Yeah, <laughs> it's, I mean, it's a lot of work from home, but I can do it on my own schedule. A lot of it, you know, which is which is pretty cool. Sure. And how about uh, do you find um, compared to like other people or have you ever noticed like how quickly you eat? Um. You know, that's I was thinking about that this weekend, actually, when we were out with friends. Um, uh, I don't feel like I eat super fast. Like I'll, I'll notice when other people around me, you know, like they kind of gobble things down. But um, one of the things I do notice is I, I do the thing a lot where like I'll have food in my mouth, but then I, I also have food on my fork at the same time. And I remember you talking about that in, in either your book or the website where it's like, why, why do I have food on my fork when there's when I'm chewing right now. So I do notice that I do that sometimes. So I don't think I eat real fast necessarily. But um, I don't I think it's a sort of a 
perpetual motion kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. So that is, that actually is a a sign of a, maybe not terribly mindless, but somewhat mindless um, eating Mm -hmm. or definitely Mm -hmm. not super mindful eating. Mm -hmm. Um, Have you ever done any of the mindful eating practices or have you been like walked through one of those sort of eating meditations (laughs) or whatever they are? A few times. Sometimes I try to do it um, like in, in the morning when I have breakfast, you know, like I'll take the dog for a walk and I'll make some eggs or something or oatmeal. Um, and I try to do it then. Um, but I, I do admit to struggling with that, like in the at, at lunch, you know, particularly if I'm on campus, you know, in between classes where I just have to eat really quickly, um, you know, and get from one place to another or um at dinner, you know, a lot of times at dinner, I'm tired. And so I'm just like, I just need to plow food into my face and not, you know, (laughs) like not pay a lot of attention to it. Um, I've tried, what do they call it? Um, not mindful eating, but, um, intuitive eating, I think, which I guess is maybe similar, um, in the past. And I, I tried it back actually gained the last couple of pounds that I'm holding on to. Um, back in the winter time, I had read some stuff about intuitive eating. And so I tried that and I found that I ate more sometimes when I did that than when, like, than, than when I, if I was saying, okay, you're going to have exactly this much, you know, this many black beans for dinner or whatever. Um, so I, I, I guess I'm hesitant to, to, to really like jump in with both feet. Interesting. Uh, why, why would you think that you would eat more? Um, I don't know. I guess maybe, maybe I was coming off of the really restrictive mindset, you know, where it was like, Mm -hmm. you only get X number of, if I, it was doing Weight Watchers or whatever, X number of points or X number of calories. And so intuitive eating was just listen to your body. And my body was like, eat more, (laughs) you know, um, don't stop now. Eat, the chocolate, all of the chocolate or, you know, uh, and so probably the choices that I was making weren't as nourishing maybe as some of the food I'm eating now as well. So that, that could have contributed to it, you know, not really being able to necessarily read the signals as much. Interesting. So almost like your body was, didn't trust your brain. Yeah. Or my brain didn't trust my body. I I feel like now my brain doesn't trust my body. And then, yeah, then my body didn't trust my brain. Right. Because they've been out of sync for a while. Yeah. 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 And they're still, they're still learning. They're, they're still feeling out this relationship. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's interesting. Uh, Yeah. The reason, the reason um, mindful eating sort of comes to mind is, you know, you mentioned being satisfied I mean, the the way to lose weight is to eat less. Mm-hmm. Like there's sort of no way around that. But um, <laughs> but there is a very, very fine line between de- deprivation and intentionally eating less and mm-hmm. feeling deprived. And so I tend to, especially when you're talking about a really small weight difference that you're, mm-hmm. you're, you're aiming for, mm-hmm. um, Mindful eating is a great target because it the one of the cool things about it is that it actually makes food more satisfying. Hmm. So um, I've had I don't know how long you've been listening to the podcast, but I've, I've had guests on the show that lost that were already healthy, kind of eating kind of the same as you mm-hmm. um, who lost 16, 15 pounds just by literally trying one mindful meal and realizing that they were eating almost double what they needed. Oh gosh. Yeah. I think I remember one woman, was she the one who kept saying it's the opposite of hard <laughs> or something like that? That was a different um, one. That was, was a different else. one. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah. And so maybe that's the case that I'm actually eating more than I need to because I'm focusing so much on like calories and, and, and that kind of measuring? Well, it's, it's you know, we're talking, so ha- there's, a, um, there's a great book. I, I refer to it in Foodist quite a bit. It's called Mindless Eating by mm-hmm. Brian Wansink. And uh, his argument is that deprivation is ridiculous because it, it like backfires. When you tell yourself you can't do something, you end up doing it extra. So any, any sort of traditional dieting methods for weight loss are almost guaranteed to backfire. Um, mm-hmm. But he says that and, and largely it's because you, your body registers the, and your brain and body both register that it's still hungry. But you, you know, I, I asked you a bunch of questions and it sounds like you don't currently, you currently feel satisfied with the amount you're eating. 
Mm-hmm. People with a history of dieting, often the, the concern is they're actually still restricting and secretly like overeating on weekends or at night or something mm-hmm. like that that's undoing what they feel like is all their hard work and actually making it worse. Mm-hmm. Um, and so in that case, I would conv- I would really talk to somebody about um, letting go of some of that, you know, like embracing more food, lo- eating food for reasons they like like it and not just because they're supposed to. Um, but in your case, you sound really satisfied. You sound really happy with what you're eating. You know, everything I know about fitness and, and health and body weight is that a 100 to 200 calorie a day deficit will very slowly drop a couple pounds off of you. Hmm. And it sounds like you already have had a little bit of success with even just switching to the foodist approach in general. Like one pound is not nothing. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, and, and I mean, I've been doing this for a few months and so maybe, you know, and those, some of those months were in the summer, we had our wedding anniversary and, uh, um, birthdays and vacation. And, you know, so I, I, I mean, it's impossible to know what would have happened had I not had those things, you know, but maybe I just like need to be more patient. <laughs> yeah. Yes. That's, that's, that's actually a great point. Um, yeah. Cause I mean, my, when I first totally gave up dieting for me personally, it's my personal story. When I first totally gave up dieting and, and stopped eating, like all the processed diet food, like the the other <laughs> the novelties. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I lost the first few pounds, like like in like took like six months. You know, I lost like five pounds or something like that in six months, which for me is like a lot of weight because I'm like you, yeah, I'm pretty small. Um, but I continued to lose weight, but like one or two pounds a year. But like it lasted for three more years. I kept losing weight very very slowly. Huh. Interesting. Um, and in the meantime, but it's not like I was doing nothing in the meantime. Like I was like, what happened was my mindset had shifted. And so I had, you know, I was, I was going all in on being healthful and being mindful Mm because I was like, this is making me feel so much better than what I used to do and like torture myself. So I, I got really into my workouts. You know, I started really focusing on different muscle groups, not to lose weight, but Mm -hmm. to feel strong and to like get definition and to, you know, I kind of like to lift as much as the boys at the gym sometimes yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just to feel like a badass. Uh-huh. Um, and, uh, you know, like, so it was very motivated by like, this feels really good to me right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and same thing with the mindfulness. I noticed that a, a history of dieting had caused me to become a very fast eater. And I learned also that it was making my, it was one of the causes of my chronic stomach aches. Mm. So I, um, you know, I started uh, eating probiotics and, I started eating slower and I just, the amount of food and like my, that thing you were talking about where uh, your body's just like, give me all the food, (laughs) (laughs) give me all the food. Like you've been starving me for 25 years. Uh Um, That started to calm down and, and mindfulness became more natural over that, that time. And, and now it makes me very uncomfortable to not eat slowly and chew. Um, But again, it's like, you know, one or two pounds a year, like it's really slow. Yeah. Interesting. So I guess, I guess with mindfulness, I guess that's what I'm afraid of that I, that I would like serve myself, you know, and not, you know, measure the amount of, you know, whatever I'm putting into my salad, you know, chickpeas or something like that. Oh, oh, Um, these aren't mutually exclusive. Okay. You can Can eat, you can mindfully (laughs) eat the amount of food that you serve yourself. Oh, and not say, so I guess what I always thought you had to focus on was like, oh, I'm full right now. Now I need to stop. That's really hard to do. It's really hard, especially since don't they say it takes like 20 minutes or something for your body to figure out it's full? Yeah. But also I'm not talking about your body necessarily. I mean, that's an important thing and I'm glad people are able to do that. But I'm talking about just really paying attention to the food. Like the taste. Yeah. Okay. All right. I could try that. Um, Yeah, because... That's where the extra satisfaction comes from. Mm-hmm. It doesn't, you're not satisfied by feeling the stretching in your stomach, really. Like you're really satisfied by the experience of eating. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. We went out. Um, I mean, I had read Foodist at this time, but we went out um, back in the end of July for our uh, first wedding anniversary. And I was like, we're going to a fancy restaurant. Like, <laughs> that's, what, that's what's going to happen here. And we've, I found one that had a tasting menu, a vegetarian tasting menu. And I was like, what? That doesn't happen. So uh, I'm in Cincinnati. So it's not exactly like home of vegetarians. <laughs> you know? um, so we went to this place and I, I remember like 
each bite, I was like, I'm going to use what I learned in foodist. And that, but that's like really been the only time that I really focused on like the flavors that were being combined and, you know, or if you added a little bit of this or a little bit that, a, a bit of that, how it tasted different. And I guess I don't have any idea why I don't do that in my own, like my real life, <laughs> like why I only did it. How did it, one- how did it feel? wonderful. I mean, I definitely ate too much because, you know, I was like, well, I have to try everything. It's a tasting menu. And I definitely felt really full afterwards. But um, I I remember it being like an experience as opposed to just a a meal, as opposed to just, well, I have to eat to have energy to live my life, you know? And by the way, they don't do that on accident. Yeah, they have plans, huh? They set up every single thing in a nice restaurant is set up for you to enjoy every single thing that like passes over your tongue, like the utmost. And not just that, the music, the lighting, the service, the the plateware, flatware, (laughs) if you're fancy. The the tiny little forks that they gave us, you know. (laughs) All of that is meant to slow you down, focus your attention on how awesome like your life is at this moment so that when you leave... (laughs) you have nothing but glowing things to feel and say about that place. Hmm. And you can definitely take some cues. Yeah. 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 I guess it's, I mean, and I I feel like I said, I feel satisfied with what I eat and, you know, and I've been, I'm cool with like, I do some like bulk cooking now or I'll, you know, have some lentils and some farro and some vegetable, you know, roasted vegetables. And I'm, I'm cool with like combining them and, and eventually I'm going to do foodist kitchen. So I learn more about flavors, but maybe that's part of it. Like, I feel like I, I know what the food I'm eating is going to taste like. So I don't actually take time to taste it. <laughs> you know, does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. You're anticipating. You're you're um you're like almost like projecting. Yeah, like I know what roasted cauliflower tastes like, so I don't really have to pay attention to it. <laughs> I can just eat it. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So um that potentially could be really powerful for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because like I said, we're not talking about like I don't I don't want you to like be like, I'm gonna like what I'm not talking about is you paying close attention to your stomach and being like, I'm going to stop eating when I'm almost 80% full. I'm going to stop eating when I'm 80% full, you know, like mm-hmm. doing that because that's, I mean, unless you're Okinawan who does that for like health reasons and because <laughs> your grandparents did it, uh, uh-huh. it, it still sort of feels diety mm-hmm. and we want to avoid that. Yeah. Um, but what I do want, I would love for you to do is to really, really, really slow down and focus on the qualities of the food itself and just take that in. Yeah. Because I, I mean, how many, how, I guess pretty, you're pretty, you're on a pretty regular schedule, but you know, sometimes you can't control, like you said, like at a, at a dinner, you know, mm-hmm. when you go out, when you do let yourself go out with friends and you're, and you're there to have a good time, there's no reason to overeat just because you're happy. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's like, you know, if you develop these habits in the comfort of your own environment, your own, they'll, they'll translate, they'll get into your brain, they'll become habits. And, you know, it's just, you know, you're, what, we, what you're doing now is like, you're chipping away. You're like, no, you're, you're not even chipping away, you're polishing. You know, like when you first yeah. started re, re, redoing your habits, um, you know, you're cutting out huge things of processed sugar and fake sugar and like, those are big changes. So that's when you're like chipping away. And now you're just sort of like refining the edges mm-hmm. and you don't want it to be uncomfortable. But, yeah. yeah. And I guess that's, that's a hard, that's a hard shift because when you're in, you know, when you do a diet, when you're in the diet mentality, it's, and you talk about this, it's, it, you're used to that quick fix, right? Like, mm-hmm. you, you know, you go back to that. Well, I, you know, I lost two pounds in three days or whatever, you know, like it all happened so fast. And I guess, I guess you're, you're right when you are polishing, I mean, it's tiny little tweaks. I, uh, that make a huge difference. Like I, I should, <laughs> can't, I, th- I, this should not be like shocking to me. I teach writing. And so we, we, I, talk, <laughs> I talk to my students about like tiny little polishes make a big difference, you know? <laughs> um, but yeah. And maybe, so maybe that's just a slower process than what I, I was like anticipating or what I've had happen in the past, you know? And so focusing on those other like successes, I guess, um, can help kind of keep you going. Yeah. Right? 
And and what's cool is like about this thing, like even even if it doesn't like even like mindful eating is just one of the polishing things you can try. But even if you don't lose weight from it, you'll still enjoy your food more. It's still a yeah. good habit. Yeah. And so and, and actually you bring up a good point because uh, like you said, there is a resistance or there's it's just it's a, it's a lack of confidence. When you grew up your entire life thinking weight loss is all about following rules mm-hmm. and depriving myself. It is really hard to trust slow fixes, slow approaches, uh, mm-hmm. nuance, because you feel like you're going against everything that you're, you're, you've ever learned. <laughs> um, yeah. but, but what happens over time, and this is exactly what happened to me, and this is, I think, why my, you know, my initial weight loss was noticeable, but over the years it got slower and more refined. I think it's largely because I got more and more comfortable with letting go of those previous motives and goals. Mm. You know, like I, I legitimately stopped caring about what, I, like I was skinny enough. Like I like for the first time I was like, I'm fine. Like, and I kept, but I kept losing weight because I, I was really, I just really embraced, like it worked so well in my life was so much better for it. I really embraced the mentality and mm-hmm. the more I sunk into it, the more, you know, and I would do things like, like for a long time I was using like soy milk in my mm-hmm muesli in the morning and i was like you know what this is processed food like screw this i'm gonna use butter (laughs) and like you know it's just like little things like that and it's just i just learned to trust and so what happens is as you try new things your life gets better you don't gain weight like that alone is shocking like you're like i'm like i can eat butter and i don't gain weight like what universe is am i living in right now um and once you start to trust that you can make changes like that you just start to do them not because you know, you want to fit into your pants or whatever, although I think that's an okay reason, but because it feels good and because you're happy and because it feels like self-development, you know, mm-hmm. it's like you like, you're really honing in on health, yeah, which is important. Yeah. Well, and I think the, the stress that accompanies, um, focusing just on the, you know, numbers on the scale as a, a, an issue of self-worth as opposed to like just a data point is so destructive that that stress that just kind of hangs over your head and, you know, and like you feel like my failure, you know, like what's wrong with me? And, you know, and, and that, I mean, that, you know, stress has terrible effects on your body in so many yeah. different ways. Right. And so, and I feel like I'm, I'm, starting to try to let that go, you know, like, and focusing on like, what I do get out of um, this instead of, uh, you know, what I'm what I'm not getting out of it, even though there's still that lingering, like, well, why am I not getting out of this what I thought I would, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, maybe that's just a slower process. Um, I put on my (laughs) I read this somewhere, I don't know, it's probably on like BuzzFeed or something (laughs) the other day, um, for like your to do list, instead of calling it to do call it I can. Like my I can list, yeah. I get to do this, you know, and I did that. And I was like, actually, this makes me not resist opening up my list as much as I would before. You know, now I look at it, I'm like, oh, I can do these things. Lucky me. I get to do this stuff, you know, and live my life and 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 find the joy in things as opposed to like a task. And I think that's what weight loss often turns into a, a task of, you know, I have to do this. I have to do that, you know, as opposed to I get to eat real food. You know, I get to eat butter and whole milk yogurt, and, you know, right. and things like that. That is an incredible insight. I love that to-do list thing because what it does is a subtle shift is a subtle frame shift. But what it shifts is from an external motivation, like this is what I should do to an internal motivation, which is mm-hmm. this is a choice I'm making because I already decided it's valuable to me. Yeah. And it's challenging. You know, I think that sometimes I'm like, oh my gosh, I have 80 papers to grade this weekend. And, you know, and I, my, my, you know, I have these hard things that I have to do in my career or whatever, but you know what, how lucky am I to get to do those things? And so I, it's, it's a hard lesson to learn and, 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 and every aspect of your life, you have to like, try to apply it anew. You mm-hmm. Know? Mm-hmm. And I guess I, I just haven't really, I've, I've gotten there a little bit with sort of my health style and eating habits and like exercise. I think, hey, I get to do this now as opposed to like, oh, I have to, you know, go down to the basement and work out. Um, and I guess just with eating, it's I, it's been there's it's it's been harder to apply it there. But I'm trying. I'll keep trying. Good. That's great. Yeah, um, yeah I think I think that's going to be as I feel like as you sink into that more and more and trust it more and more, that'll be that'll be your your path. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and the same thing goes for exercise. We didn't really talk about it much, and I don't want to keep you too long, but um, you, you, you do, I think I remember you do exercise regularly, right? Yeah, I started um, really trying to pick that up a little bit more this summer. So I do yoga. I belong to a studio, so I go and talk about mindfulness. Um, I do that two or three days a week, and I do the FitStar app a couple of right. days a week as well. Yeah, so, and I think that's, it's a good, I feel like right now in my life, it's a good balance, you know, I, because I don't want to be like a slave to the elliptical machine or something, you know, right. um, so I feel like with FitStar, you get in some cardio and some strength training, and then yoga is pretty good for, for strength and, right. and that kind of thing. And what too. about steps? Yeah, so that's one thing that I do struggle with. I, I rarely get to the 10,000. On days that I teach, I get up there. Um, I have a, and this is going to just totally only sound like an excuse, but I have a bunion. And so I have a hard time walking like, you know, so sometimes I'll say, oh, I'm just going to go down on the treadmill and walk slowly. And even that'll hurt my foot. So what I've tried, what I've been trying to do is stand. Like I just try to stand more mm-hmm. um, than, you know, because I, other than when I'm teaching, my life is sedentary. Like I sit at my desk or on the couch and grade papers and do class prep. Like, so that's, the bulk of my existence. Um, and that's so sedentary. So I have like a standing desk set up now. And so I try to just stand as much as I can. That's good. That's a good step. Um, is there, are there not, are not like solutions to like special shoes or inserts, yeah. or something that bunions can. I do have an insert. Yeah. And so sometimes, you know, when I, you, when I wear those shoes or sneakers, so that helps, you know, and so you wear those when I like, I have a dog. So whenever I take my dog for our walks, you know, we'll, uh, so I, you know, I'll wear those inserts and everything, but they don't fit in all of my shoes. So that's kind of, kind of unfortunate. Yeah. 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 That's another thing that's like, you know, even it's like, it's another one of those ways that you can walking for some reason, unlike most exercise, doesn't increase hunger. Hmm. So, um, even adding an extra 2000 steps a day, which is a 10 minute walk, um, can actually make a, make a dent as well. Um, in, Mm -hmm. in the polish. Yeah. Maybe I'll, I'll like just try to bump it up even just by, yeah, like you said, a couple thousand and see, see what happens. Yeah. Worth a shot. (laughs) Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm really happy for you. I I think you're, uh, approaching this the correct way. Yeah. I feel like the, the concerns that would normally be associated with sort of the vanity weight aren't, true for you. I feel like you have a good sense of, you know, self-worth, you're feeling good, you're doing these things for all the right reasons. And this is just a little polishing. And that's totally cool. Yeah, I can do that. I can polish. You can polish. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, keep me posted. Will you keep me posted on how it goes? Absolutely. Yeah. I'd I'd love to, um, you know, hopefully be even more of a success story. Uh, you know, so I lost my headaches and maybe I'll lose some weight. And if nothing else, you know, at least I feel confident and active and happy. Perfect. Yeah. All right, Libby, thank you so much. Cool. Thanks, Daria. Take care. Okay, bye. Thanks for listening to the Foodist Podcast. I'm Daria Rose. And if you're interested in upgrading your own health style, learning how to get healthy and lose weight without dieting and without all of the suffering that it brings, then head over to my website, Summer Tomato, and sign up for my weekly newsletter. When you sign up, you'll get a free starter kit that'll teach you the basics of how to start changing the way you think about food, health, and weight loss. You'll also get a free chapter from my book, Foodist, called The Myth of Willpower that explains the science behind why the no pain, no gain mantra of the weight loss industry is the absolute worst approach to getting healthy. So come over to Summer Tomato and sign up. We have a fantastic community and we would love, love, love to have you. Thanks for listening and I will see you next time.